First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 624 of First Class Fatherhood, which is a family-made media podcast. And we are just weeks away from the start of the 2022 NFL season. And joining me on the podcast today is Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson was the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they beat the Raiders in Super Bowl 37. Brad also played for the Vikings, Redskins, and Cowboys. He played his college football at Florida State. He's got two sons playing ball now. What is it like to have a dad who is a Super Bowl champion quarterback? We're going to jump into that and so much more. And I'll tell you, when Brad won the Super Bowl back in Super Bowl 37 there, that was before we had things like Instagram and TikTok. But Brad Johnson has made a nice little shift over to the social media platforms. He is crushing it on TikTok with his trick shots. He's over on TikTok at Big Bad Brad 14. He's on Instagram, Brad underscore Johnson underscore 14. You got to check out his trick shots over there. He's doing a great job with those. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Brad Johnson will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And Brad Johnson is one of so many NFL dads that I've had the honor of speaking with here on the podcast. If you want to check out some of the other quarterbacks that stop by, uh, go through the archives and check out my interviews with guys like Jim Kelly, Carson Palmer, Warren Moon, Kurt Warner, Trent Dilfer, and so many other quarterbacks and NFL dads that have been here on the podcast. You will not be disappointed. No matter what NFL team you root for, there's a dad who's played on that team that has joined me on the podcast. And listen, as I said at the top there, the NFL is only a few weeks away. If you want to get some tickets, take your family to the game this year. Buy them on SeatGeek.com or go to the SeatGeek app and use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. You'll save 20 bucks on your tickets. My partnership with SeatGeek is coming to an end. So take advantage of this deal while you still can and save $20 on your NFL tickets. Also, the MLB season is coming to an end. They'll be into the playoffs before you know it. If you want to take your family to a game before that happens... Buy them on SeatGeek.com, your tickets, and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. Save 20 bucks. All right, be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you could, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. And here we go, my interview with Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson, straight up here on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Brad Johnson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Appreciate you having me on your show, Alec. Thank you very much. Look forward to telling some stories and, and see where we go. Well, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Yeah, my wife and I, we've been married for 23 years. We have two boys, Max and Jake. Uh, Max is now 21, so he's legal. <laughs> and Jake is 19. And um, they both go to school at Texas A&M. And um, so we live in Athens, Georgia, so we keep the road hot going back and forth. So uh, two beautiful boys and just fun to watch them grow up. Yeah, very cool. I got three boys and a girl myself. My oldest is only 16, so I'm right about I'm headed right where you are. So this is good for me as well. So uh, just just hit my listeners, if you could, Brad, for for a minute about your background and what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Brad Johnson. I went to school at Florida State University, played football there and then uh, Played in the NFL for 17 years for Minnesota, uh, Washington, Tampa, and Dallas Cowboys, and uh, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now I live in Athens, Georgia, 
and have been coaching high school football and basketball and many youth and middle school teams and those kind of things. Yeah, very cool, Brad. And uh, take me back then, 21 years ago, to the beginning of your fatherhood journey. How old were you when you became a dad, and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Uh, <laughs> 30, 30, uh, 32 years old. And uh, we were living in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, my wife, Nikki, we were, it was, um, it, it was, it was wild, you know, it was, I call it the, the, one of the best days of my life. When, uh, when Max was born, uh, he was born April 20th, 2001. And, you know, you talk about, you, you don't realize how much you love something <laughs> until you go through that experience and watching the birth of my son, Max watching him take his first breath, watching his first teardrop, watching uh, I'm crying, my wife's crying. Um, it's an incredible experience to go through. And uh, to hold a little precious baby like that is just a, it's a miracle. It's, uh, it's God-given. And just thankful for that opportunity to be a parent and not alone uh, grow with my wife and then to raise this child. You're giving this child <laughs> to raise and it's unbelievable opportunity and just uh, very thankful for, uh, for that to happen 21 years ago. And then not alone to grow him up every day now, but I look back at that day is one of the most, uh, probably the best, one of the best days of my life. Yeah. Very well said, Brad. And then uh, did you have your second, I know just a few years later, you said in 2021, he was born just a few yeah. years later, you were holding the Lombardi trophy, Super Bowl champion, uh, did you have both of them at that time? What was it like? I mean, what were the emotions for you? You, you, you just become a father, and, and now you're a Super Bowl champion quarterback. Well, walk me through yeah. that just for a minute. Yeah, in 2003, uh, playing quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we won the Super Bowl, dream come true. Uh, after the, We won 48-21, confetti's falling uh, on our face. The Queens playing that song, We're the Champions of the World, and and I remember that, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a Disney commercial. I got a picture right here. Uh, I'm with John Gruden, my wife, Nikki. Max is two years old. And, and Nikki is seven and a half months pregnant with our other son, Jake. And we're saying we're going to Disney World. And then the next day, I was, we were Disney riding on Captain Hook and Tilt the World and going down the parade and all those kind of things. So it was just very surreal that it happened. Uh, Jake wasn't born at that time, but we tell him he was there with us too. And uh, it was really, it was just pretty cool. Yeah, wow, very cool. All right, and, and then Brad, now f fast forwarding here now, I know you got two in college. Uh, you, your son made a transfer, I believe, right, from LSU over to Texas A&M. What was the thought process there? And what was it like, uh, you know, selecting what college is right for you and your kids? Yeah, it's hard first when you go through the recruiting process in high school. And then you, you make a choice and you go through different things in life. And then at, at, uh, Max was at LSU, had played really, played, uh, started about 12, 13 games, had a good little run there. And, and then just a lot, of, a lot of changes took place. And it's really probably too much deep to go here on, on, uh, on this podcast of what really took place. But just Max, he had great friends there, had an opportunity to play and start and things went well for him. But sometimes and just, you know, there's detours that take place and you have to be bold about to certain decisions in your life. And um, so just felt like um, sometimes in life, it's, you have a lot of patience, but you don't have a lot of time to accomplish what you want to do. So felt like it was the right move. We've been to, uh, Max had been recruited by Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M when he was at Florida State. 
So we had a great relationship there. And our other son, Jake, was a top tight end in the country. And, and uh, he was committed to LSU. He actually decommitted. And when they fired the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff, just a little bit of things, a lot of things took place. So we just felt like it was the right move to make for both of their careers and where they wanted to go to school, uh, be developed as players, be developed as people, and uh, just be, be a part of that program. Yeah, I would imagine it's got to be really cool for you to have your both your kids uh, playing football, following in your footsteps. But sometimes I know uh, having a dad that's a Super Bowl champion quarterback could be a lot for them to kind of live up to. Do you, have you ha- have you made sure in your relationship with them growing up that they don't feel that pressure as if they have to uh, exceed your uh, status in the NFL, get to a Super Bowl? How have you have you kind of worked on that relationship as they were coming up? Yeah, I think it's just natural. I, I think they see me as dad. <laughs> you know, and obviously they didn't see me play as a player. They, I mean, obviously they've seen the trophy and different videos at different times. If we talk about it, those kind of things, but I've coached them through all their youth baseball, basketball, football, done homework with them, had every school and every birthday party you could ever imagine and all those kind of things. But for us, we've always, you know, wanted them to blaze their own trail, blaze their own path, have their own journey, have their own story. And both of them, they're, they're, even though they're brothers, we call them like Tom and Jerry because like the cartoon characters, they they fight with each other. And uh, I'm taller, I'm stronger, I'm better, I'm faster, whatever those topics are. But then they're also best friends. And it's a dream come true for them to play together, but they also know they're on different paths. They play one's a tight end, one's a quarterback, and they have to earn their own right, whether it's as brothers or whether it's separate from me also. So as a parent sitting in the stands, I don't get to coach them anymore and say, throw here, and look out for the blitz. Those are, they have well-trained coaches and, and they've been well-prepared their whole life, but this is their, their dream, their passion uh, to accomplish what they want to achieve in, in life. And in, in this case in sports. Yeah. Very cool. What about as far as discipline goes, Brad, what type of disciplinarian have you been as a father? And is that dis- uh, different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, you, as a kid, you know, when, when a kid puts his hand into the socket or puts it on the stove and it's hot, and so you teach him, we do this thing, we just kind of flick them like that. I flick them. And they learn not to touch that, that, that outlet, not, learn not to touch that stove. And if they got in trouble, you know, did something wrong, we put them in timeout, you know, and learn, yeah, taught them to take out the trash learn that you have responsibilities to be a charge of, and you are responsible at the end of the day for your actions, for what you do. And so it starts at an early age. And uh, I'm thankful for my wife as much as me. It's a 50, 50 partnership as far as um, talking to our kids, reading to our kids when they were young, um, disciplinarian, all those kind of things. So we were a partnership in that. And even to this day, so if our kids are doing something, we're in conversation, I don't like it, or whatever's taking place, if I go, they know something's up. So it's been trained. It's something over years and years and years that's been happening. But, but I, I'll be honest with you, we, we did this thing when our kids were like in sixth grade. And you talk about, that's kind of about when sixth, seventh grade, like when sex education kind of takes place. And we did something very unique. We went through a thing called Passport to Purity. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a DVD. It's not a, just something about sex education. It's a, it's a, it's a godly way to teach your kids about sex, sex education. It's a, it's a series of little projects that you go through and you have a conversation. So I think when our kids were young, we had talks with our kids about that, about life. And so 
what that's done with us later at their age 21 and age and age 19 is it's opened us up to have real conversation um, about everything. Just be open, be able to communicate. And uh, so I'm very thankful for that time we had when they were younger, which has carried on to this time now. Yeah, very cool. And, and like I said, my oldest is 16, so we're getting ready for all those things now. They haven't even, you know, I don't have a son that's driven a car yet, so I'm kind of bracing myself for a little bit of impact uh, as we start <laughs> good to go luck. through that process. <laughs> yeah, good and luck with it. Well, one thing, too, and the discipline part of that is important. One thing I focus on a lot here, Brad, on the show is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. we got so many kids that are growing up without a father and without a father figure. In my opinion, I think it's the number one social issue we have facing our country, and I think if we could solve it, so many of the problems we're seeing would start to go away pretty quickly. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think there's a thing of being, you know, you can be a dad, but can you be a father? You know, you you, you know, it's not, it doesn't happen in every household. You, you hope... Hopefully you have, you know, that, that, that saying, of, a lot of times more things are caught than taught. And I think when you have a father and a mother in a household together, it's a big deal. And that would inspire those to become, when they become married and to stay hopefully married and not go through divorce, but divorce and those kind of things are real. But I think having a man in a boy's life is a big deal whether it's being a disciplinarian, whether it's being teaching things or whether it's just being dad, whatever it may be. So uh, you hit the nail on the head and uh, it's a big crisis in this world because you need role models and you want that to come from your house, not just on your Instagram or your TV, those kind of things from those kind of people. It really needs to be come from within the house and hopefully that because it, it just the generations to come. That's a big deal. Yeah, very well said. And speaking of Instagram, I know you're hot there on TikTok. You got the Instagram account rolling. Uh, what do your kids think about you when you're putting out the TikToks, doing the videos? Are they into that? How did that start for you? How did you start putting up TikToks and stuff? Yeah, I really I don't know anything about technology. <laughs> Just trying to figure out hashtags and all that kind of stuff. So mine's amateur as far as all that goes, but during the, and I just started Twitter and Instagram about a year and a half ago, somewhere around there. So it's hilarious to me, but uh, with TikTok, basically during the pandemic, we had, that was one of our greatest times during the pandemic. I'll be honest with you, because we were together here as a family. No one was coming around. It was our family together at all times, whether we're watching TV, whether we're playing board games, connect four checkers or whatever it may be, or working out all those kind of things. It was our best time as a family. For six weeks, we were together. And uh, so they, they were on TikToks a little bit. And then I couldn't dance videos, but I got on there. And I started making TikToks myself. Of, a lot earlier in my, that part was to make it of my playing career, workouts, and those kind of things. And then I started making trick shots. I played college uh, football and basketball. And so I, those are two things I'm good at. I'm not good at golf or some other things, but so I make a lot of these trick shots. It's usually a sequence of three, four, five kind of things. They take a lot of work. I tell people when they ask how long it's a lifetime of practice. It takes what it takes. And sometimes it's first time, first take, but a lot of times you'll see the sweat and I'll be going, but my kids, they laugh at it. They see it, but they've seen me do this stuff since they were two years old, <laughs> as far as making these crazy shots. So they just laugh and their friends laugh with it. And just have fun with it. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned there too the pandemic, and it, I've heard that that same recurring theme over and over again from so many dads as I was interviewing them through the pandemic, and then right after, uh, just the fact that they they loved the obviously it was a bittersweet because so many, so many negative things were happening, but families were brought together and they realized so many so much of what they were missing out on, and they were able to all be under one roof and reconnect in so many different ways. So there was a lot of silver linings. Uh, throughout the pandemic as well. But I was just kind of curious there too, because I know they were both probably in that recruiting process or just starting college at the time. How did the pandemic kind of play into the fact with your kids uh, getting in, selecting college and that whole process? Did that look widely different because of the pandemic? Max had actually at that time, he was at LSU. He was there for like six weeks and then he came home. And in a weird way, it was kind of a benefit for him because he got to come home and really learn the playbook instead of just being thrown into the fire too fast. And then Jake was going through the recruiting process. He was a little bit behind. Like he still had another year or so before they got really serious with him. But it actually, to be honest with you, we have a, a gym at our house. It's probably the best shape that they've ever been because it's been the most consistent that they've ever been. And we ate well. We watched movies. We were together as a family. We were working out every day, throwing a bunch, running. It was it's probably the best time we ever had as a family. Probably the best shape that they've ever been in too. So it just – it was kind of a blessing in disguise. We made the most of it out of our household. And so um, hopefully that never happens again. But we're thankful for that time, that six weeks that we actually that we did have together just as a pure family. Yeah, awesome, Brad. And I, I always I do ask a lot of the NFL dads that come on here just because for a lot of parents, a lot of dads, it's it, it's a something that they they struggle with is whether or not to let their kids play tackle football with everything that's come out false or not what we know about CTE we've seen some uh, some horrible things some benefits on the long run uh what is your take on it what is your advice to the parent out there that's kind of on the fence about it should they let their kids play tackle football and if so what's a good place what's a good age for them to start yeah well i'm not i'm not a doctor so i can't give you all the evidence behind things but our kids started playing at age 8 okay and but they're taught you taught you t- sometimes at a young age they bump more than hit they bump as far as hitting and and so i think coaching is a big part of it teaching them to see what you hit hit what you see keep your head up and those kind of things learn the right techniques the right way by good coaches and by good players but but i think listen you play soccer you you do gymnastics you ride horses you ride bikes you get on skateboards the injuries can happen a lot of different ways and so our kids have been healthy. I've been I've coached football for a long, long time. I really haven't seen too many concussions at an early age, eight, nine, ten years old. As they got older in high school and middle, the contact becomes more. So I think that's where, um, you know, I think you got to watch the kids a little bit more sometimes that it, when the hits become more violent. So our kids started early, and they were healthy along the way, but they were taught the right way also. Yeah, well said. And are you still coaching right now, Brad? What are you doing right now? What are you up to and what kind of um, what kind of projects or what kind of things you're working on? What can we expect from you in the future? Yeah, I've been coaching. Uh, I coach youth football, baseball, basketball, middle school, all the stuff, all the high school stuff. Uh, I help a lot of quarterbacks on the side. Um, I never charge any money. I just work with – I love really working with individual kids, always one at a time, never two, three, four at a time, because I like to spend quality time and help develop a kid, whether – no matter what talent he is, it could be a, a middle school kid, a high school kid, or a college kid, those kind of things. So I have a couple of charities I'm involved with, the Evelyn Foundation and Beyond All Borders up in Asheville, North Carolina, and I do a couple of golf tournaments with them. So stay active, stay busy, and obviously you know, make these trick shots on TikTok and all that kind of stuff too. 
Yeah, and, and you're still close to the NFL. You're still paying attention to what's going on there. What's kind of your take on the way? I know a lot of the rules have changed. The game looks uh, quite differently from the time where you were playing uh, early on when you uh, were winning the Super Bowl. Uh, are you watching right now? Are you, are you rooting anybody in? And what's your take on how the NFL is today? Right. I just watch the game as a fan. I don't, I don't cheer for a certain team. I cheer for, like, tight, close situations and biting my nails at the end of the game, two-minute situation, those kind of things. So – um, the game has changed with the rules, and that's why you see a lot more of the higher numbers as far as yards and touchdowns and those kind of things, uh, from the protection of the quarterback to the way they protect the receivers and those kind of things. So, and 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 I do think quarterbacks and, and systems are better. So, I love the game of football. I, obviously, our two kids are playing in college football now, so a lot of our weekends are busy, kind of kind of around the either on you know some stadium or watching on TV those kind of things. But. Uh, but I love it. It's a great game. I think I think football is awesome because it's the ultimate team game. So many people involved, so many different situations. Uh, tastes great coaches, tastes great players. Yeah, awesome. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, Brad, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? With my kids, I tried to every day, okay, I tried to pat them on the back, hold them, touch them, they love you, something of something of positive with over 100 times a day. Touch, love, tap, congratulate, something positive. I would tell you to read to your kids, especially at an early age. And, and as they get older, let them deal with some adversity. <laughs> make them make their own sandwich. If they, if they don't have their homework, you know what? Let them fail. Let them fail. And then they'll make up the grade because if you start early with adversity, it'll build, you build, you know, it's better to build um, young boys than to men, men. And so we want men when they get older, let them deal with adversity, love on them early. And the other thing I tell you to do as a parent, start up an account, put all your pictures, all your videos of your kids in a certain file. That way, when they graduate from high school, you can have a book of pictures, a book of videos that you can hand to your kids as a gift. Yeah, I love that. I love the advice. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, Brad Johnson, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.